Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you once again for joining uh, Life in America, another episode of Life in America. First of all, I'd like to thank our worldwide listeners. We've picked up a lot of people in South America, Africa, and we've even had some listeners now in Germany. Uh, we're going to be talking today to Ralph and Shaneri Bay. They are the parents of Messiah. And as you guys know, well know, we've talked to uh, Messiah's grandfathers for a couple of episodes. But it's really exciting and, and good to know that we can actually speak directly to Messiah's parents. Uh, and, and for those of you who don't know, for the listeners who aren't aware, uh, Messiah was taken by force uh, from his parents' home on March 11th by the authorities in Puerto Rico. And so what they're going to do, what his parents are going to do now is kind of bring us up to speed as to what's going on uh, and, and, and what they're doing to actively put their family back together. So Ralph and Shaneri, once again, welcome. And whoever would like to go first, by all means. So, like I said uh, previously, just now, okay, uh, Ralph and Shaneri, welcome once again, Ralph and Shaneri Bay, and and I'd like to know, please tell our listeners, you know, what the situation is currently. And what you'd like our listeners to know with regards to your family being forcibly separated uh, in Puerto Rico. So as of right now, we're in a federal court, and it's moved to a different venue from where it was being held here in San Juan locally. Um, can you hear me better? All right, sorry, I'm gonna try to be more aware of that. So we had the case here going here in San Juan and we have actually moved the venue now to a different court. And it's in a federal district now. So um, procedurally things will run a little different than how it was running at the local court here. Okay, uh, procedurally what's what's different or what's changed with those procedures Ralph? well um you know a federal judge has to um adhere to certain uh laws and take his oath a little more seriously uh, than i guess a, a local magistrate would so uh, in that regard things are different and the the specificness of the case is different now as it's not a, a confidential case so you um, and your wife previously then uh, let me stop you right there for just a minute so previously was there a gag order where you're not where you directed not to talk about the situation or right. what and, and and why did they feel as though messiah needed to be taken from you guys what 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 caused them to, to bring attention to them. So this was all under false allegations of child neglect. And there was no original evidence listed on their petition, a 
against us for these accusations for the removal of Messiah from me and my wife. Um, but their main allegation um, was that he was underweight. Okay. Point where they believed it could be child neglect, but he was only underweight by one and a half pounds. One and a half pounds. He's underweight. How many people did they come came to take Messiah away from you? But came when when Messiah was removed from your family. How many officers showed up to do this? There was more than there was more than seventeen officers. It was seventeen to twenty. Uh, SWAT team members who actually came into our home. Okay. Numerous squad cars outside. Okay, so they they had more than said they had a, a, a literally a, a response force to come and take Messiah away from yes, you guys. We were literally in a hostage situation um, in our own home. Uh, they were at the back of my homes with shotguns and um, the front. What car. time did what time did this what time did this occur? In the in the evening, well, it started around. Maybe you want to chime in a little bit of what time? Because I, I get a, a um, it started about time. four p.m. and ended about twelve a.m. So this was eight hours. They had our entire building and the block surrounded. Mind you, this is for a baby with the allegation of one and a half pounds underweight. Nothing okay, so you guys weren't you you guys were in your home relaxing. I guess you were probably comfortable, or you know you were comfortable in your home. You hear a knock on the door? Was it a forcible kind of thing or what? So the initial the initial um, knock was not a knock at all. They actually opened something just, intuition just for me to, all right, when I seen the squad cars outside, it was a lot of them. I just said, well, let me grab my iPad and let me press record just you know for our own safety maybe later on and what is to take place okay and, and i just happened to catch it right at the moment the police officer opened my door we have an, a we the apartment we live in we have a electronic five keys to open the, the front entrance and then as one as well for your door okay but not no, uh, a regular key anyway and I see my lock flip open and the door come open. And I immediately reacted to it on time and locked the door. And because at this point, I I didn't know if the police was here for me or someone else. So I didn't know what was taking place. I just know my lock flipped open. My front door was coming open. So I reacted and I locked the door and I stated, you know, um, well, what's going on? Who are you? Would you illegally breaking into my home? Okay. And then, entire thing on video. Yes, there's a video that's um, got a lot of views on, on the internet of the actual um, initial break-in footage. Um, but uh, later on, because uh, they held us for quite some time um, in our home, after I locked out, uh, the police officer asked him for the uh, actual order from the court saying that you know, he has right to make forcible entry in my home or search and seizure for whatever matter. And he never stated his case and he never produced any order or from the court at all. So this, and, so let me stop you right there then for just a minute then, Ralph. So you never got anything in English or Spanish with regards to no documentation 
or anything with regards to why these officers were there to take Messiah? No, no, no. And I asked them multiple times to show me their, their documentation or written delegation authority to do so, and they never did. Okay. And, I want to add in that yes. this is something we asked them for multiple times over the span of eight hours. From 4 p.m. when they first entered our home without a warrant until they stormed our place with um, police and um, until they stormed our place with police and removed our son. For eight hours, they did not present a warrant. They did not present even the court order for emergency removal of our child. We have this on video. Our property manager even came up here. She tried to convince us to open the door. We asked her, why did you make them a copy of our house key? I've never even heard of that. That's a new one. You right. hearing these people, oh, they're, they're getting their, their homes busted in by the cops, but I've never heard of the property manager making a key and giving it to the police. That's a new one. But that's what she did. And then she came here and said she didn't do it. And we said, well, he opened our door and they, they lied on camera and said the door is already open. But the thing is, my husband caught them actual the actual door, the knob turn, like the, um, the lock turn. So it's indisputable. She later um, said, uh, they gave her, well, they gave me an order, they gave me an order. And I said, okay, well, slide the order under the door. Till today, she's never provided a court order. She's never produced a court order never to this day. Okay. That's my property manager. Um, we never, we, they, the Department of Children and Families, nor the court here in San Juan, the tribunal, um, ever presented us any court order at any time. We physically had to go down there ourselves to get a court order. Okay, so let me stop you right there then. So we, we so far right now then, sort of like as a recap, mm -hmm. they've come and taken Messiah. He's been out of your home now since March 11th. They never gave you anything in either English or Spanish. They didn't provide any translators or anything like that to you with regards to whatever. Did they offer did they offer any attorney services or were you guys able to afford attorneys or where were you at in this regard? We we are we are very intelligent people. We're not incompetent or indigent by any means of the law. And even though we're not um, license um, under any bar or anything. We try to familiarize ourselves with law for a while now and commercial, um, you know, commercial, anything to do with commercial transactions or anything of the sort. Um, so within our commerce, we're very fundamentally sound and we felt, you know, strong enough even after all of this had happened to go ahead and go forward with our own legal remedy and representation. And we did this early from the beginning um, of all of this. Like, so did you, did, so so there were, so are you telling me, Ralph, then, are you saying that, what are you telling me with regards to attorney? Did you seek out attorneys first or were attorneys presented to you or or right. were you and Chinari so going on, yeah, on your own? Yes, sir. Could you just give me a uh, little minute to expound on what was going on? I, I, I'm okay. Yes, sir. So we originally, after as soon as we got released from the police station from being, you know, unlawfully detained, um, and we would try to be forcibly, they tried to coerce us into signing some documents there 
um, while we were still uh, arrested at that time. So the night that Messiah got picked up, they yes. were forcibly. What were they trying to? What were they forcibly trying to make you sign? Some documents in Spanish, which we tried to express them multiple times. But you know, my Spanish is not that well. I'm not a fluent Spanish speaker, so I can't sign anything in front of me at this point. Now you can you welcome give me a copy of it, and then they refuse to give me a copy. So finally, we, we were released, and then from our release, um, that next morning we were already trying to draft up uh, documents and look into current uh, law of how it is here in the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. Okay, did they did they give you did in the states? Yes. Right. Did they did they tell you what these documents said at all, Shanari? So um, let me take it back a second, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, what I'll say is... Get closer. Get closer. Um, so what happened was um, we, when Asai was removed, the night he was removed, this is at 12 a.m., um, they took us to the police station and they took him in an ambulance. Um, initially, they didn't arrest me. They only arrested my husband. And I asked him if I can get in the ambulance with my son. I told him I didn't want to be separated from my son. And the police officer told me the only way I can get into the ambulance with my son is if he handcuffed me. So I said, okay, well, why would you handcuff me? I'm, why would I need to be handcuffed? And if I let you handcuff me, I'm letting you arrest me. I cannot let you arrest me. And he said, okay, well, either way, we're going to cuff you regardless. And I said, why would you cuff me? Why, why am I being arrested? Why am I being arrested? I have footage of me asking, why am I being arrested? They wouldn't tell me anything. Um, they later said to me, okay, well, if you don't let us handcuff you, we're just going to say you resisted and arrest you anyway. And that's what they did. And they just arrested me. They told us that our son would be in the hospital right next door to the police station. When we got to the police station, um, there were a bunch of police. Me and my husband were transported in two different, two separate cars, of course. And um, what ended up happening was uh, we were then, you know, brought together, and they gave us these documents and said, "You need to sign these now." And we told them, "No, we don't speak Spanish. Uh, we don't read Spanish. We don't understand Spanish to a legal level, and we definitely can't sign any documents that are in Spanish." And we just demanded to see our son. We wanted to know where he was at, and they said, "Okay, he's next door." Um, they released us. We went next door. The people at the hospital next door said, that's not true. He's not here. In fact, we haven't had any ambulance come here in hours. Your child absolutely cannot be here. Um, we went back to the police station. They said, okay, well, we don't know. And they told us to just leave. They, they can't help us. And from then on, we've been in an absolute black hole about our son. Um, what ends up happening is we went to the courthouse, um, uh, two days later, this happened on a Wednesday. So I, it, it happened technically on a Thursday, one on Friday. Um, cause I did, we didn't get any documents. We didn't hear about anything. We went there, got, got the documents um, from the court. We had to pay. They never, they never served us anything ever. Okay. Um, so we went and got the documents ourselves. He was removed on 11th. This was on, um, March 13th. And by March 15th, the government was shut down. So that was, um, the sequence of events. Now, regardless of the government shutting down, you are to have a 72-hour hearing once your child is removed. Um, we didn't get that. In fact, regardless of the government being shut down, they set our 72-hour hearing for March 19th. So they never intended to give us a 72-hour hearing. The hearing they scheduled was eight days later, not 72 hours later. Now, this is them, this is them 
This is them telling you Puerto Rico law and they still didn't abide by Puerto Rico law, right? Exactly. Or, or the Puerto Rican law. Now, l- let me let me back up. So just real quick, uh, can you give our can you give our listeners a kind of a rundown? How many times have you actually visited or how many visits have you had with Messiah? And have you had any visits with Messiah uh, where you've not been supervised or have you had virtual visits? And please tell me about uh, because if I'm understanding it right, they're saying that they took Messiah for his welfare and well-being. But the home that he's in, they had an outbreak of COVID there, uh, right? So how is that? If they're taking him from you and they're saying that they're protecting his well-being, but they got him in a place that had an outbreak of COVID, how did how did they how did they handle that? And whoever wants to answer or chime in, but just just get closer to the mic. Whoever is going to be the one speaking. you explain as you explain right there um, briefly that that shows that you have completely lost sight of the welfare of the minor or my child in this situation okay because one you never made efforts to outside of the legal aspects of what my wife was just explaining about the lack of due process that we did not have here and we also didn't have the ability to try to even understand why why this was happening to us because you had uh, the people who were doing this to us did not have a very good level of english right and that's just the ones that we were dealing with during all of this um so you know when when you're talking about people who have submitted numerous COVID tests numerous toxicology tests um submitted Yale and Stanford Parenting Nutrition and Child uh, Rearing Courses without anyone telling them this um, early. Um, and then you, you've you never reached out to any of their family that they've given as reference and family has called in and still never been notified to this point. Um, it's absolutely it's, it's mind-boggling. I don't. I have no understanding how a system can be without any type of any type of like responsibility, accountability for the minor at this point. When you talk about all these safety precautions were in place that had to be in place for this COVID-19 that the whole world was experiencing it and had literally shut down the world at a time. Okay. And I was without my son. We were without our son that whole time. Now, with all of these things in place, then you come you come tell me after, you know, I don't know how many months, maybe four months before I even got a physical visit with my son. And all of our visits, to answer your question, were monitored. Uh, and then it just stopped after the media buzz down here in Puerto Rico died down because some big news stations caught on to it down here, Telemundo and Univision. Um, and after that kind of died down, the visits, it it reflected the same flow. Like, okay, well, it's kind of under the rug. Right. It's uh, sort of seem again. And so... Okay. Yeah. Let me stop you right there then, Ralph. 
So what did y'all do in response to not having any publicity or anything else? What were y'all's next steps or what were the authorities telling you guys then to what were the authorities? How were the authorities dealing with you guys in the sense of trying to get Messiah back? Were they, were they giving you clear, concise steps to follow or processes to follow or were they kind of haphazardly telling you, okay, go do this, then we'll give you back Messiah or definitely sign haphazardly, these? Definitely haphazardly, I, I have to describe it under that. And very, um, very, very unprofessional. Okay. Very unprofessional. Okay. Um, so to answer your question exactly, I, I would definitely say haphazardly describes it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What has this done? Obviously, I know that it, it, it creates a lot more stress for your wife and you by having, you know, Messiah. Uh, uh, yeah, you could never imagine. Right. It's, a, it's, a, it's an unimaginable amount of stress, turmoil, and um, different different self-reflections, uh, though, have came out of it. And, and it's a, it's been a it's been a blessing uncovering itself slowly but surely, you know, and it's definitely going to be by the end of this something where we we build a home out of the bricks our enemies threw at us. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, um, so what do you feel like then, Shaneri? Uh, I hope I'm saying your name right. Uh, Shaneri. Shaneri. Yeah. So what do you feel like then? What do you guys want to get out to to the people to let them know how this situation is going on? What do you feel the authorities are either doing for or against you? You know, what do you want to tell our listeners to to because nobody can take away. You know, I know your father has spoken to me a couple of times, so nobody, you know, I know being a grandfather you obviously want your son's family to be together, but at the same time, nobody can articulate your story better than, than you guys. So what would you say to our listeners or what would, what would you say Shaneri to our listeners right now? Um, so first and foremost, I, I really want to get into exactly what happened. Um, because I think that's the most important thing here is really understanding what happened and, and, um, the sequence of events. So, I initially went to um, apply for WIC benefits February 3rd of this year. Okay. And um, at that first appointment, my son was two months old, a little bit over two months old. And the, the agent told me, her name was Milagros Rivera. She's the WIC clinic supervisor in San Juan Central Manilia's building. Okay. And she told me first and foremost she first told me that my husband and i couldn't be together um while she was speaking to me about my son um she made a huge deal about this she said she didn't she had two chairs in her office but said she didn't have enough room for both of us um, okay said that doesn't, doesn't even make sense you know but we didn't my husband was just like whatever i'm just gonna sit out here we went we weighed my son and um then we went to her office she did not make any complaints about my son prior to inputting this his weight into what she called and what is called the WIC anthropometrics 
um, chart. Okay. She weighed my son. She said, oh, you know, they call, you know, he's chiquitito. So my son is small. He was born 5.2 pounds. It's obvious. We're not arguing that. He was a small child. However, at birth, there was no ailments. He had nothing wrong with him. The doctor said he was perfectly fine. We even inquired with the doctors. Hey, so he's a little small. Is everything good? They said babies are born. We, we see all type of babies, even tiny, tiny three-pound babies who are perfectly fine. Okay. He doesn't need to be monitored. I was out the, the I, I was out the hospital a day and a half. Nothing was wrong with my son. Um, so either way, we like I said, we fast forward. We're in the WIC office. She so did y'all hold on? Let me stop you there, Jamari. So when you came out of the hospital, nobody nobody said anything about you and Messiah being not healthy when they released you from the hospital. Then. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. And and we have his full medical records from the hospital where he was born. There is a record of a child who's completely healthy. We did the hospital? Did the hospital? In your investigation, did it, in either one of you uncover anything from the hospital reporting you guys to the, what is it called, the Familia place? What is Department the Department of Children and Families. So um, let me, like I said, let me just kind of get a little bit more into what happened. Okay. And then, and it'll, well, I'll definitely get there. So um, what essentially went down was um, she... Wade, my son, you know, like I said, yeah, they say, I eat chiquitito, like he's little or whatever, but it's never like, oh my gosh, your baby is tiny, like he needs to eat. It's always like, oh, he's little and cute kind of thing. Right. Um, and like I said, we always get that um, with our son. So she was saying something along the same effects, and then she put it into her anthropometric uh, chart, and she said, oh my God, you know, he's, 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 he's too small, he's too small. She kept saying he's really small, he's really small, and I was you know, explaining, like, I know my baby's small, but there's nothing wrong with him. He's perfectly fine. No, you need to take him to the emergency room. Um, at that point, I'm saying, okay, well, let me go get my husband. And she's just like, say, oh, you guys can't vote me. And I'm like, I'm going to bring my husband. So my husband came in, and she's trying to express to us that she just feels like he's just way too small. And so, mind you, she doesn't speak fluent English. You know, it's, it's kind of broken English um, or our Spanish is not that good either. You know what I'm saying? So there's a there's a disconnect in in in, in, in language. Well, language. They, well, aren't they supposed to provide you a, a translator? Absolutely, they are supposed to provide a translator. They have their own guidelines here that say they are supposed to provide a translator or translation services, and they did not um, ever. So um, what happened was um, she just kept saying he's too small. You need to take him to the doctor. You need to take him to the emergency now. So we essentially said, okay, well, how much does he weigh, and how much should he weigh? Okay. She said he weighs 7.6 pounds and he should weigh 8.5 pounds. Okay. So, honestly, at that point, whatever real concern she was stirring up in me personally, I had less concerns when it was a pound, you know? Right. Because she's saying, oh, my God, he's underway, he's underway. And I'm thinking, okay, he's small, but let's check this out. Like, what, 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 is, what is the chart saying? But when you tell me a child is severely underweight and then the, the, the point is a pound, that's not severe. Okay. I'm sorry, it's not severe. And even if a doctor told me that's severe, I still do not believe that's severe. That's not severe. A pound is not severe. Okay. Now, if my child was in the NICU <laughs> and he's losing a pound, a pound might be severe for a, ch a child who's not even at birth, he wasn't in the NICU. Right, okay. okay. So, so why would it be severe now? Right. Essentially, also, my child was not losing any weight. So it's not even a matter of, okay, well, he's he's losing a little bit of weight, and if he keeps losing a little bit of weight, it'll add up. Okay, he's so... He's lost weight. Okay, so, Jamiri, uh it's been said because you guys are vegan or vegetarian, 
that that's not the right thing or right or how does that how does that play into this or how does so, that how that came into it was then she started asking me okay you know is he breastfed like what is he eating is he on formula and I said okay he's fully breastfed um and she says okay well you need to get him off breast milk you need to put him on formula okay I want to let you know this is not a nurse this is not a lactation coordinator this is not any type of medical professional this is not anybody who's trained or certified in any medical profession She's literally a woman who is an administrator at WIC, who they taught how to weigh a child, who she didn't even weigh my child correctly, come to find out, who, who was telling me and giving me, um, who, was, who was giving me medical advice. Okay. And she is not supposed to be doing that. You do not give me medical advice. Right. Okay. Okay. You, you, you said my child was underweight and your medical advice was to remove him from breast milk and to give him infant's formula. That's liking of what a pediatrician would have advised. Okay. She was not a pediatrician. Was and she a midwife, Shamir? No, she was not a pediatrician. She was not a midwife. She was not a doula. She was not a nurse. She was in no way, shape, or form a medical professional. So she, so, so, so let me, so let me, let me be clear here. You're saying that they, they were, you were getting medical advice or you were getting medical direction from somebody who was not even qualified in any way, shape, or form to, to, to do that exactly okay exactly. and and was this person assigned to your case or was this person how did this person even come into it or was she or was she the or was she with the the the, the familiar place how does how so did she what it with her is the same thing that happens at any offices they just point you to the person who speaks the most english so it could be the least knowledgeable person but if they speak the most english they'll just give you that person okay so it was, and, and, and this is everywhere we go. Oh, you start speaking, I don't know, I don't know, let me get somebody. It doesn't even matter if you're trying to speak to the manager. If the manager doesn't speak English, they'll redirect you to a salesperson, just anywhere. Okay. So it was, she, she just happened to be the clinic supervisor, but she was also the only one who spoke remotely any inkling of English. Okay. So that's really what it was regardless. Um, okay. She just was the only person who, who could, like I said, had an inkling of English, um, but still not even enough to articulate herself to even explain something medically wrong. So that's the second part of this. First, you're not qualified. But second of all, had you been a doula, a midwife, a nurse, even a doctor, if you're telling me something and you're not speaking English, that's still not helpful to me. If she was a doctor who was telling me something in Spanish, that still would make no sense and it's still not helpful. Right. Or now, if you did... a doctor telling me something in broken English, it's still not helpful and it, it, it doesn't make sense. Oh, so, right. So did they let you, so let me stop you, hold on. So yes, did they let you, did they let you provide your own milk for him or what did they never, do? They never did. During this, it was a court order and they never did. It was a, it, so what are you saying, Ralph? So early on, I was going to say, actually, well, that's just, can you hear me better? Yeah. Excuse us, we're working with. Mike right here. Yeah. So when we originally um, did submit these documents, they de they denied uh, um, documents, and they said they were only accepting documents submitted at the time because it was early in the pandemic. Remember, so they said they were only accepting documents through Sumac, which is um, just a almost like a a base. Um, 
website, almost like an MLS for all of the attorney bar members here. And we didn't have privy to that, so we couldn't, you know, we were kind of stuck. So we were still looking for our attorneys uh, until I want to say it was almost a month time before we even got an attorney that we initially started dealing with, which was the Pro Bono Inc. people. And um, yeah, I'm going to let my wife tap back what she was speaking in on, though. But there was a court order that was issued when we were dealing with these initial set of attorneys that was never uh, adhered to by the Department of Familiar, which stated they were to restore the breast milk, the breastfeeding with his mother immediately. They never adhered to it. They never set up times to, to you know, start these this breastfeeding again. So did um, she, did, was she ever, was she able ever to produce some milk and take it down to, de de to deliver the milk or no, or were you, were you delivering the milk and then they were just rejecting it when you would take the milk down to them? Or did you ever get that no. far? See, go ahead, babe. Um, so let me, let me, let me backtrack a, a second again. Um, cause I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm really trying to get into the full story. Okay. I'm in all ties, ties in. So, um, if brother, if, if you no disrespect to you, but if you could let my wife flow a little bit, we'll get we'll get to it. Okay, know. okay. So um, essentially, like I said, I'll, I'll speed up a little bit, but um, essentially, like I said, back to the wick. What happens is she's going off saying he's too small. We need to take him to the doctor. This ends up being about one pound. We tell her that's not emergency to us, but don't worry. We'll you know we'll we're we're looking for a naturopathic doctor, um, and he's fine. So she, um, you know, that's just what it is for that day. A month later, we go back. And so I'll say this. In, this, is what, and this is what happened. My husband's mother used to work for WIC. So um, he's saying, you know, there's a, a plethora of information online. We could just get information about this WIC anthropometrics and figure it out ourselves if she's not able to articulate it to us in, in English. And now my mother did work for WIC in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She was the WIC coordinator and nutritionist there and a big, very imp impactful woman to her community. Her name was Valerie Jean Kaznow or Valerie Jean Ray. So I was already familiar with the anthropometric system okay. you know, that she was even referencing. So, you know. Okay. So we went and we found this anthropometrics ourselves and in the anthropometrics, now mind, now mind you, this is basically her job manual. Okay. If, if this is what they give you. It's your manual. You're you're supposed to be. I don't know if she was. It seems like she was not. Um, if you're trained in any way, this is what you're supposed to do. It's a, it's called the WIC Anthropometrics Guidelines, and specifically, it states if a child is born 37 weeks or less, they're premature. Period. Okay. Okay. According to WIC, now essentially, if a child is 36 weeks is full term. But according to WIC and their specific program and what they train their people on, if a child is 37 weeks or less, that child is supposed to be categorized as premature and their age is supposed to be adjusted. Okay. The age adjustment is supposed to reflect how many weeks short of 40 they were born. If a child is born in 37 weeks, that's essentially three weeks shy of 40. So you would take three weeks off their age. In this guideline, they even give an example. 
They say if a child is born on January 1st and you bring them into the WIC office on January 30th, then you would adjust their age and the child would be one week old versus the actual age, which is one month old. Okay. So you would do the adjustment. And although the child is technically one month, you would subtract three weeks from their age would give you a one week old baby. Now that is profound because a baby at one week is not going to weigh the same as a baby at one month. So essentially, if you're telling me my child is underweight and according to your guidelines, my child is premature and you're supposed to adjust his age, this about one pound, one and a half pounds would have been accounted for in the adjustment that you never did because you didn't follow your own guidelines at your own job. What you did is you called Department of Children and Families. That's what Miller Gross Rivera did. She called Department of Children and Families on us, and it was an oversight and a shortcoming on her behalf. Okay. Essentially, in addition to this, in the same guidelines, it says it gives you factors of a child that could be smaller. Okay. One of the guidelines it says is race, specifically African-American children. So one, you have a child who is 37 weeks, which you should have adjusted. Then you also have a what, what they would perceive as an African-American child. These are two reasons they're telling you why my child could have been underweight. But you disregarded both of them and called Department of Children and Families and said that we were negligent. That's profound. Okay. Okay. It also says you need to take in count, into account the, the, the height and stature of the parents. My, my son is the spitting image of his father in even stature as a child. He's the same. So if my husband, my husband is, is about 5'10", 165 pounds, why would you think my child is going to be a huge child? Right, right. Okay. But you're not taking anything of this into account. You're going to go ahead and say we're negligent. Right. And this is exactly what happened. Exactly. And not one time did she ever take me and my wife's uh, height or weight. So, or even reference to try to think, uh, uh, well, he's underweight even to their, you know, BMI. Okay. You know, so, if you wanted to yeah. be a, a medical professional giving medical advice. Right. You know okay. what I'm saying? Because it also says in the guidelines when they should be weighing the mother. She never weighed me. Okay. So, so I want to get into this um, and say that was the first visit, and that's what we did it between the first visit. The second visit was a month later, March 4th. What happened on this visit is, you know, my husband already spoke. He said, you know, she, she, you know, she probably is going to ask to weigh him. It's okay. We want to keep our measurements anyway. It's fine. Just measure him, get the checks, and we'll just leave. And if she's, you know, acting a certain way, we'll just be done with it because truth be told, we didn't really need um, the, the benefits in a sense to be getting harassed about them. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Right. Okay. So, um, so we, she came in and she immediately demanded that she weigh him. Now, remind, mind you, I've read this anthropometric guideline. So I also know now that you don't have to weigh my child because you only need to weigh them during uh, um, certification or recertification. So my certification would have been the visit prior. And this second visit was not a recertification. But again, she wanted to overstep and tell me she can do whatever she wants. That's exactly what she told me. So I'm not gonna argue because again, we wanna keep our own measurements and it's not that serious. Um, we're not hiding anything. We don't believe he's abused. So we wanted him to be weighed. At but this- I have to tell you, you know, the allegation itself is kind of ridiculous to me because here I am in my professional occupancy. I'm a, a private chef, all right? And I, I cook for people all day long. 
and then I would come home to not feed my son the proper nutritional diet. Right. But it's really deeper than that. It's really more um, you all trying to scrutinize and now punish me for living outside of their social norms. And essentially, we're now still trapped within this punishment and these actions. And so do you feel like you're being punished? Be- do, do you feel like you're being... Of a lifestyle. It really is really a lifestyle choice that they were scrutinizing. Okay, so do you, do you, do you feel like y'all are being punished because you actually went and applied for WIC, or you apply, or 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 y'all applied. Belief of this, you know, being eligible for a benefit and you taking whatever benefit is completely different than one being dependent solely upon a benefit or a social security check or whatever it may be. But um, I wasn't raised on. In that man, I wasn't raised on you know food stamps and all right, but 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 what I'm asking you, I'm yeah, right. So what I'm asking you then is, do you feel like because your family applied for the benefit and this other lady, what would you say the lady's name again was? Uh, The woman who um, was the WIC coordinator is her name is Milagros Rivera. So do you think that Miss Milagros Rivera? Do you think that Miss Rivera? Because you applied for the benefit and you're not Puerto Rican, do you think that that kind of came into? Definitely has something to play into it, of course. Okay, okay, that's the question. I'm being being completely honest. Okay, definitely, you're right on. Because the thing is, all right, you see me and my wife, two beautiful, glowing images of 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 God. The melanin is popping. Yes, we're not going to deny our Creator and our essence. Right. Okay. Especially as long as we have life, you understand me. And the thing is, we're easily we're easily targeted yeah. out here. You're easily um, within a different number game, and so they, you're targeted. Then you're tar- or you or, or you're targeted because you you can't be, be targeted. You 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 can't be targeted because you are black, and, and, and you and you and you don't and you don't speak the and you don't speak the the language exactly. Okay, so you so you're at a disadvantage in that in that culture and in that country is what you're telling me. I wouldn't say disadvantage. I would say um, we got swept up into um, a long history of um, you know honestly the effects of colonialization and that has a mindset uh, that is attached to that, and so with that it's. It's really going to be something where um, the, the, the testimony of our family is one of many, first and foremost. And it's unacceptable that this is actually the, the types of stories you hear like this can be federally funded and sanctioned. Um, but really and truly, I'm not. I'm not here to try to um, single people out. We're here to try to ex- expose the greater issue in all of this, and that that is the fact that you know some of these some of these um, agencies they are in dire need of more oversight 
from a higher power to make sure, all right, if these things are in place, then there should be a level of uh, humaneness, at least, dealing with, you know, families, especially with younger children, when any anyone is concerned about, at least to the point that they believe there should be a removal, there has to be certain protocols that actually are followed and not just trying to say, well, technically we follow this because of this and that, but you know, really in your heart, you didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't do half of it. And it's, it's a big, it's a big problem that I'm not going to not speak over the, the racistness. That the racism, the, the racism. racism. Yes, I am. Okay. Excuse me. That we've experienced down here is, is actually one that can't be even compared to some stories stolen in Mississippi. I oh. had a woman pour a, a bucket of water on my face, our old landlord. Never in my life have I ever experienced that. And these are the same people who cry about, oh, these people are racist, these people are racist. They're doing this to people down here and they're doing it all the time. Okay. And what happens is this. See, because there are Puerto Ricans who are quote unquote black melanated like me. But if you're a Puerto Rican and a Puerto Rican does something to you, they're going to say, oh, mira, how can I be Puerto Rican? How can I be racist? We all Puerto Rican. But right. the thing is, they can't do that here. And it's, it's blatant and it's evident. You okay. can't sweep it under the rug. You can't pretend we all won. No, we're not like that. No, you are exactly like that. And you're very nasty. And, and, and you have a deeply rooted history in, 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 in that prejudice, in that racism, in that self-hate. Because that's really what it is. And and these people believe that they're descendants of Spaniards. And I don't know why, because they're not. And 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 anything that challenges their identity, they cannot stand it. And they hate it. And that's the absolute truth about what we're dealing with here. And what happened in our case is that they seen some dreadlocks and some people with maybe hippie clothing or whatever you want to say. And, and just say, and, they, and you put dreadlocks, hippie clothing. Um, Rasta and Wick and said, "Oh well, they must be uneducated people who can't take care of themselves and their child." Right, but right. So, so if 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 Miss Mendoza had not, if Miss Mendoza hadn't hadn't come no, into I'm the, sorry, Milagros Rivera, Miss M- Rivera hadn't come into the picture, y'all didn't have anything, y'all didn't have anything negative in your lifestyle for them to say. We're, you know, y'all, y'all are just a couple trying to make it, trying to do. And then the thing is, brother, when you when you tell the people, well, when they say, well, what 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 are you supplementing him with? And because when we ask your alternative to supplementation, you tell me formula. But when I tell you mine, I say, oh well, it's Irish sea moss, uh, spirulina. We give him oat milk, hemp milk, uh, Brazil nut milk, uh, and, and we we puree a uh, small bit of sweet, sweet potato. What? Well, you're not saying anything to me. Okay. Okay. We we in our visits we bring him smoothies. In our visits we bring him natural food. Okay. You know what I mean? The 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 two the three times we've been able to see him, we've seen him six hours in in eight months basically. Okay. That's insanity. Okay. They do that. Okay. I wish we. This is not a child who was physically abused. This is not a child who was molested. This is not a child who has fifteen brothers and sisters in the home, but they don't have a space. No, my child has his own room. He was a newborn, so you know I had a baby shower. Everything he has is. No. Okay. All of our resources going are to go to to um, our child. Even this woman, this same woman, she writes in her report, which we found out recently that well, our, our attorneys told us this months ago, but um, she said that we stink. 
But my but our baby's hygiene is very good. So, now, how often does a parent stink and their and their child is perfectly clean? Right, right. You get right. what I'm saying? No, you yeah. have a prejudice against melanated people. Okay, and that's your problem. And then another thing is, I'll say, let me be honest. This when you're speaking and you're coming correct and you're not speaking the way that they feel like you should see speak as what maybe they might see on VH1, loving hip hop or something. They cannot get over that. Right. They cannot get over that because okay. I know I don't talk like an ignorant person. And right. I know when you speak to me, you know I'm knowledgeable. Okay. And okay. that's what hurts, and that's their pain. Right. And they thought we were going to be ignorant. They thought we were not going to have any resources. They thought they were going to be able to do this without finding, without being found out. Okay, I can't, I can't hear him. I can't hear him. Yes. So. Okay. So what I, what I said, brother, was, and I'm stay close because I want you to tell them. I was going to ask my wife to just give a review about when you asked. You know, well, why are you now moving forward so sternly with just your self-representation? Well, I told you from the beginning, we did try to place our own representation with our own affidavits on file early, but we didn't have access because of their SUMAC system. They said they were only accepted by their attorneys. Now, we when we went to the first set of attorneys, this is the, this is the actual conflict of interest that end up taking place to make us go back to you know, our own legal, you know, have our own legal affairs. So go ahead. So first and foremost, I want to say this. We already had a legal plan of action. I, and, and I won't, and I'm please don't take this as any type of arrogant or boastfulness, but I have to be honest. And my husband and I, on our own accord, do diligent research when it comes to the law. Okay. Diligent. All right. And, and, I, and I'm telling you, for a fact, we can stand up against federal attorneys we're good okay okay and and i can and i can put my i can put my life on that okay with with full confidence but i'm not an attorney and that's just the truth and i respect that and i understand that people have their professions and of course professionally they probably will move a lot better because that's their actual profession but what i'm saying is that we have the knowledge and we will use it and we did like he said they denied us at first so we went we found now at this time it was hard to find attorneys, period, because it was the beginning of the pandemic. Nobody was putting their children's lives, their lives, their family lives on any and, and, and at risk for your life. And that's what we were getting. Okay. We finally got attorneys. Um, the attorneys from the beginning said that they could not they couldn't represent both of us because it could present later on con- conflict of interest. We didn't understand why they were saying that. And we spoke to other attorneys and they were saying that standard that essentially most most people break up at the end of this. And it causes a problem okay. or something happens in the middle of it and it causes a problem. So so there's not a problem. Just move separately. Oh. And we said, OK, we don't we don't we we don't anticipate any of those issues. But OK, fine. We'll just move exactly how you say to move from the beginning. OK, OK. We're so separate parties from the beginning. OK, so I'm going to have to stop you all right here because we're getting close to we're getting close to the end. And so if people want to reach out to you guys, uh, I know you have the link, but some people don't use the link. How could they either contact you, either via mail or whichever way that you want to do it? Just share that with our listeners. So that way, if somebody does want to send you resources and they don't use the the electronic way, how could they do that? And, and, okay. and, and, no problem. Okay, so um, if anyone would like to send any physical, you know, donations or just, you know, a positive affirmation letters, um, you can send that to us at... General Post Office, 585 Avenue F.D. Roosevelt, 
Suite 202, P.O. Box 366723, and that's San Juan, Puerto Rico, 00936 is the area code 9998. And our names are Ralph Bay, Chinyere Osuji. Can you spell Chinyere? Yes, you, my wife's name is Chinyere Osuji. Um, and you can also still donate to our GoFundMe, and you can find that link on my Instagram uh, at Infinite Flavors with a Z, Infinite Flavors with a Z. And uh, my email is R A B E Y Life, L I F E, at gmail.com. And my wife's email. My email is O-S-U-J-I dot C-H-I-N-Y-E-R-E at gmail.com. Okay. And um, thank you for, you know, and brother, please, presenting that. We would love to talk more with you because we know it's a lot uh, that we really yeah. would like to unfold with you more. So please, you know, brother, let's get together, you know. We would love time. to do a part and, two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, it'll actually be... If if you count your dad's and your, your the grandfather's part, it'd actually be a part four, but four, it's okay. okay. Exactly. <laughs> what I want to say though before we um we head out is because because I know it will be another side. I want to leave at a place where um we can pick back up. Um, so what I will say is this: um, we got into the removal. Um, how our son? We talked about how our son was removed. We talked about the wig situation. I just want to add that. There was no other situation. It was literally this woman at WIC initially that um, this all came from. And right. I well, we, 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 yeah, you, you've established that. We've established that you guys were not doing, you weren't doing, you weren't doing drugs. You weren't out in the street. I also want to add that right. there was not any drugs found in our house. There was no alcohol found in our house. Our house was in, in good condition, perfect condition. There was no notes of anything being out of place in our home. Um, our child was, of course, tested. He had no uh, drugs in his system. Nothing of that of, of that sort. We've we been tested. Exactly. We've been tested as well. well. Nothing in our system. We've done parenting classes at Yale and Stanford. Um, this is something that has still, to this point, not been enough for Department of Children and Families. Um, I want to get back into the attorney thing quickly before we get out, and I think that it might be a good place to pick up. Um, what happened was we initially had uh, pro bono attorneys. Um, they were through the uh, pro bono uh, inc, pro bono inc here in uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and um, we had issues with them. To be honest, I, I I'll speak for myself. I had issues with my attorney because she. I'm not hearing him. I'm not hearing okay. him. Okay, my attorney was with Block Legal, but she was still um, she was representing me through the pro bono inc. Either way, but I had um I had issues with her because I just felt like. She wasn't doing what she needed to do at the time and pace that she needed to do it. Um, but essentially, I will say um, my attorney, how we ended up leaving her is my attorney told me, she sent me an email. And the email stated that the Department of Children and Families attorney and um, the guardian at litem, which is my, my son's attorney, essentially, don't like my husband. And I need to leave my husband to get my son back. Okay. She said that my child would have never been removed if I was not with my husband. Okay. And this came from the my, my attorney. Your original at, your original attorney. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. 
All right. Well, we got that, and we're going to have to leave it there because uh, yes. we're running out of time, and uh, it's, it's just going to be what it is. But, hey, I just want to – I really appreciate you guys uh, trusting me enough to share our time with our listeners and just wanting to get your side of the story out there because um, uh, I've had people – literally come back to me and say, Hey, how can we get in touch with them and this and that? And, uh, I just didn't have your Instagram or none of that other stuff. So I'm glad that we were able to have this conversation and, and present actually Messiah's parents side of it. And, uh, we'll go forward and see if we can figure out, uh, another time to meet and, and get the rest of it out there. And, uh, I just really want to thank our listeners and you guys. Thank you for sharing your time with us. And, uh, I really appreciate it. So thank you very much. Thank you. Mm -hmm.